Okay, guys, listen up. Seltzer is all the rage these days, and now there's even hard seltzer. Speaking of which, have you tried Bud Light Seltzer? so good. It's seltzer with a hint of fruit flavor. And get this, it's only 100 calories, two grams of carbs, and less than one gram of sugar. Plus, it's gluten-free. It's perfect for when my friends are bugging me to have a drink with them, and I don't want hard alcohol. I can just have my Bud Light seltzer. Thank you very much. I'm obsessed with the black cherry, but it also comes in strawberry, lemon lime, and mango. I mean, make that sound better. I bet you want to try them all right now, right? This is making me extremely thirsty. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Jillian. You know what we haven't done in a while? What's that? The doctor's been out for quite some time. You know, I thought the doctor, I was worried that the doctor went into possibly an early retirement. No! Don't get crazy. Well, the doctor's been on the road. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor doctor was in India for three weeks, and the doctor was in Canada on a body shred tour. Then the doctor was touring the U.S., is the doctor yes. well we'd love to hear from you know uh, you know how many people on the road have wanted to hear from the doctor but the doctor takes a nurturing time Ooh. the doctor can't be something that can be rushed like uh, during the shows yeah, you I could know. not have stopped down and done the doctor i wonder if we could do a love doctor we should try to see if there's a way to do a love doctor question we could we could try but it takes you need to dig and the uh, the rest of the audience might not uh, always See what you get. If you get any good ones for the doc, I'll take them. Okay. Yeah. But today, today. the doctor has a segment that she wants to share. All right. I'm yeah. ready. So here's the thing. We talked a little bit about taking responsibility, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it on the live show. And a lot of times we engage in dynamics, of course, that make us feel like a victim. And we don't understand what we are contributing to this dynamic or why we are engaging in it. And I wanted to go over some of these dynamics that exist in our romantic relationships that you need to look out for and you need to ask yourself why you're allowing this to happen mm-hmm. and do the work because it's not healthy. It will end it will result in the end of the relationship. Or the end of you and your sanity. Exactly. So I wanted to illustrate some possible reasons why we do this as okay. well. Okay, so here's the first one. So many people get into relationships that make them feel they need to change who they are to make their partner happy. I've been there before. This was something I did in my early 20s. And it's the, you know, if I can be pretty enough, if I can be smart enough, mm-hmm. if I can make enough money kind of syndrome. And we engage in this because there is some sort of dynamic in our younger life that made us feel like we weren't pleasing to our parents or somebody very significant in our, you know, in our childhood. It's always our responsibility. It's always us that are doing that. Oh, it's sure. not the other person that's... No, 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 no. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. It takes two people to feed into one another's dysfunction. Okay. But we can't control the other person. The only thing right. we can control is us. Right. And we are attracting somebody that makes us feel less than. Right. And that triggers our... Uh, our issue of trying to heal this old wound of not being good enough. Does that make sense? It does. So if you felt like at one time, oh, you know, you were, you were overweight and you were a disappointment to your parents, or you didn't get good enough grades and you were a disappointment to your parents, or you didn't make the college football team and you were a disappointment to your parents, or if there was a theme of feeling like you disappointed your parents, it's likely that that individual will find themselves in a relationship with somebody that makes them feel like they need to change. They need to yeah. become better. So you might say, God, I don't understand why, you know, he's not, he, I, I keep dating people who are just not that into me. You're attracting people 
that are emotionally unavailable because you are playing out a pattern from your past. And the thought is, hey, if I make this emotionally unavailable or unhappy person happy, then I will finally be good enough and we will have healed these old wounds from our past. But that is not how this works. And you need to, A, take responsibility for this, own what you're engaging in because you have to participate in the scenario for it to exist at all. True. Yeah. And then stop and look at, okay, you know what? Let me work on myself. Let me start supporting myself. And when you do that and you focus on you, in time you will attract people that will love and support you the way you are. God, is it, I know, I know you, you, you well, just shared that you did it, but yeah, but, and I, I've done it too. And, and I try to remember what it was like in my, did you ever feel when you were trying to be that person for somebody else, like you weren't living in your own skin? Yes. Like it, 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 I yeah. can't even describe. And you never this. feel good. Ever. Yeah. You never feel you never good. Feel and you good. just feel removed from your body. It's like you're watching yourself. I know this is getting really ethereal, but you're watching yourself live a life. Like a tap dancer. That's how I always felt. Like I was just tap dancing, trying to constantly like entertain or be good enough or be impressive enough. And it's, I felt exhausted by it. It is exhausting. And it was so sad. That was probably the saddest time of my life. I will, I would say when I was trying to be something for somebody else. Oh, so sad. Oh God. Oh Jesus. You don't do this for me though. What's that? Do I try and change for you? I feel like you should. (laughs) No, I've never been more. I mean, I set the bar and you should aspire to my level of greatness. (laughs) No, but what's what's great about working with you is that you... It's not a romantic relationship, though, so I can abuse you accordingly and it would be just fine. But you do, but what's... All in the name of professional excellence. Professional excellence. But I have worked for people who have won... but you, you truly allow me to be myself. I have to admit, you truly allow me to be myself. And, and you think so, huh? And I don't, and I don't disgust you, which is, which is oh. amazing. Well, well, that's not. Well, that hold on. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> You're such a jackass. I have a strong stomach. No. I know. All right, but yeah, okay, yes. Okay, so next I, one. But I do know what you mean. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, if you are dating somebody that is constantly nitpicking at you and criticizing you, even in the most sort of passive-aggressive ways, yeah, and like, oh, it's a joke, ha-ha, funny, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I, I will harass people for sure and play jokes, but there's a big difference when someone's making a joke about you being, oh, well, maybe it was that city college, honey, ha-ha-ha, things like that. That's really abusive yeah. And again, it, it is quite honestly, passive aggressive is aggressive, hence the term passive aggressive. It's still a form of aggression. Mm-hmm. It is an attack. It's a form of abuse. And when you're in a relationship, it, you know, it's obvious when someone's saying, eh, you stupid bit or whatever, you know, someone's calling you names, they're hitting you. This is very obviously abuse. But passive aggressive abuse is far more subtle. Mm-hmm. And we don't always recognize it, we don't always understand it. And. Over time, it chips away at our confidence and makes us feel like we deserve it. For sure. Because you get used to it. In, in a w- Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, God. I went through that. I was someone that I dated in my early 20s who would call me um, a little troll. Like, haha, it was funny because I was short. I know, dude. Oh, I was I had serious issues because my dad. Serious oh, issues That's that I was so playing mean. out. And um, it took me years, by the way, to get out of that. But really pay attention if, if the subtle things that someone is saying to you are making you slightly uneasy or slightly uncomfortable or feel slightly less than or slightly embarrassed, especially if they're in front of other people. Yeah, that's when it really, isn't that when it really cuts to the core is when it's in front of other people. Oof. It's humiliating. It, it is. And look, you know, this person might be joking. It's possible. I would say something, obviously, speak up and say, hey, you know, this hurts my feelings. Because, like, I would always play with Heidi and, and screw around with Heidi all the time. Not quite like this, but I would say, like, listen. And I would joke and I would say, like, nobody loves you but me. You're alone in the world. And I would, like, joke around with her, like, you've got nowhere to go. It's just me. And yeah, I was playing. And then one day she's like, it hurts my feelings when you say this. And I, I felt so bad. I was like, God, I'm sorry, honey. I was playing with you. And it was like, it's just because the way that my dad, I'm so effed up because the way he would show us affection was by picking at us or picking on us right. or playing jokes on us. 
And so to me, you know, that's love. If I'm picking on you, I love you. But for some people, she was like, it hurts my feelings. And I stopped doing it immediately. Stopped doing it. So if somebody goes, God, you know what? I'm sorry. I I didn't realize I was doing it. Or, you know, something I, I guess I'm doing it because of this or, and they stop and they're able to look at what's going on. Then, you know, okay, there's something to work with. But if not, this is something that you, again, need to appreciate. Why are you staying? What is it that you're, why are you staying? This is what I mean when I say you're responsible. It's one thing to attract someone and go, wow, I had no idea they were cheating on me or I had no idea this or that or the other. It's another thing to know and to stay. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Repeatedly, mind you. You know, this is really suspicious, by the way. A good friend of mine went through this. You shouldn't always wonder what your partner's up to when you're not around. You just shouldn't. And a friend of mine, granted, yes, we all have our insecurities and we all have our jealousies. Uh, And if your partner is transparent with you and is like, look, I'm going to the gym and then I'm having a drink with Sean and then I'll see you tonight when I get home. And you're still neurotic. This is something you need to work on. But a friend of mine was dating this guy and it was like the phone would just be off, you know, just off. It wouldn't ring for like hours at a time at night or, you know, I'll call you at four and then wouldn't call back until the next day and that kind of stuff. Maya Angelou said it best. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Believe them. We do. I truly believe we do show who we are. It's just if the person isn't willing to to look. You're right. I mean, it's just you shouldn't have to feel like an investigative reporter. See, I always put that on. I always thought that was me. Like I and I would never I would never allow that the other person was a participant in my own. uh, What am I trying to say? I, I would just say, oh, Janice, you're just a jealous person. You're just insecure. You're just Were jealous. You? I was, but I was also with people who... Yeah, fed into it. Fed into it. Sure. Yeah. By not telling you where they were, or by playing head games or with flirting. you. flirting. I always would date a flirt. And I don't know why. I and hate I just, that. It's I so had, disrespectful. Oh, God. I hate it. I had to, and I just went, Janice, never again will I ever date... You know, and I know it's charisma and they're flirting, but... No, oh, it there's a difference, dude. Up, there's a man. difference between being flirtatious and disrespectful mm. you know there's yeah. just there's a huge difference especially if you're around it's just it's disrespectful yeah it, it is one thing to feel like oh you know it's nice to have confidence but it's another thing to like be out openly flirtatious it's disrespectful to the person that you're dating i'm sorry it humiliates them like you can be an attractive person that's secure without having to sort of see if you can get every other person out there and disrespect the person that you're with. But again, if, okay, if you, if you said you were jealous and I said, were they cheating on you? Were they flirting? Were they, did you know where they were? You know, were they lying to you? And you said, no, well then there you go. It's your issue. But in this case, in this particular instance, he was cheating. He was lying, um, multiple times. And often if it smells fishy, it is fishy. Yeah, it is fishy. It walks like a duck. It looks like a duck. It's, it's a, a duck. duck. Yeah. yeah, you got it. And again, then you got to look at, well, why am I dating this person? And generally it goes back to the same issues as when you feel you need to change. Like you're going yeah. after the person that's unattainable. The parent that was never quite happy enough with you. And remember, you know, I've said this a million times. Sorry to get all pop psychology on you. But whenever you take on insecurities because of the way someone treated you, it was because they projected their own insecurities onto you. So, for example, if you're oh. feeling jealous or you're feeling insecure because the person you're dating is flirting, the person you're dating is flirting because they're insecure. Yeah. They're the ones yes. that need the attention and the validation. Same thing with the person that I told you I dated that was like, oh, you're like a little... Tri-. I went out with this person for seven years. Seven years cheated on me lied to me would oh come meet us out for a drink and then she wouldn't call me back all night long until the next day and uh, same thing same thing and this person was so deeply effed up and insecure the flirting was like tell me i'm you know aren't i beautiful aren't i sexy aren't i whatever all these things was all about that person's insecurity oh but seven years that just i know girl i chipped away at your soul you know what though i got I finally got to a place after doing enough therapy that I understood what it was about. And I was able to see this person very much like the work I did with my dad, not as this larger than life sort of 
angry you know person that I was rebelling against or fighting or trying to kind of win over or make different and I was able to see them as broken as hurting as dysfunctional uh, as my self esteem grew it took seven years that's, evol- that's it took me seven years and it also took to be totally honest with you somebody else coming into my life which yeah. I hate to say but that is what it took somebody who I thought was great that thought I was great and I was like wait a second <laughs> you know, wait a minute, wait a minute <laughs> wait here. A minute. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah. And that helped me. Not that it should have, but at the time it, it was what I needed. Sure. It was what I needed to move through it. Yeah. Um, this is another big red flag, man. Your sex life should not be seriously lacking. It just shouldn't. If you're going months at a time, that's a problem. And you got to look at why you're staying because you know, we all have friends. Friends are great. That's wonderful. We should have friends, have as many friends as possible, but Romantically speaking, sex should be part of the package. And it could be an indication mm-hmm. that you're with somebody that makes you feel comfortable, but you're not attracted to, or you don't have the chemistry with, or um, you've grown apart, but again, you don't want to evolve into the next relationship, which I get is scary if you become, you know, a couple of my friends have been together 10 years and they'd become best friends, but they were no longer right a couple. So it's honey, I think when, and when I think the relationship becomes more f- it crosses over into that more friends. You just, you allow each other to, it's like, it's okay. Oh, I don't feel like it. Okay, baby. It's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. It's okay. And it's like, it just becomes, oh, it's okay. Forever. Forever. <laughs> for years. For years yeah. and years and, and years. And and that's just, it's going to require you to get vulnerable in one way or another, essentially yeah. to get vulnerable and communicate the issues and try in the relationship, which, oh God, I've been there too, where you don't want to constantly be the one that initiates. It doesn't make you feel attractive. It, no one, especially as a woman, it's tough to initiate, I think, because as women, you want to feel like you're wanted mm-hmm. and initiating tends to make you feel like you're, I don't know if I'm overstepping, but I think in some cases it makes you feel like, Hey, don't you want me? Hey, don't you? Hey, aren't you? Hey. And it's uncomfortable. I think women in particular get into this whole bed death scenario for that reason, because they have trouble initiating for sure. Oh, and no, trouble initiating, but also they, 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 um, allow each other to have their, okay, baby. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, without, I think more so in women's relationships. Yeah, without a doubt, lesbian bed death. Lesbian That's bed, LBG. Lesbian bed but it death. happens in plenty of heterosexual relationships. I've seen it many times. Yep. Yeah, Manis. Yeah. Well, look so, out. Yes. Look out. <laughs> Here's one more, um, right. and this is a big one. A lot of people do this. I've seen this in men a lot. To be honest, you feel responsible for your partner's happiness. I do this actually, in a huge way. Do you really? Oh my god! Oh, I still do this. It's the worst, and it's it's challenging because it drives Heidi crazy. Because she's like, "God, babe, I feel like I always have to be on for you. I have to be like, woo, thank <laughs> you." You know, it's like she's like, "Honey, I'm just not that kind of like effusive, overjoyed individual." And I and I'll like, you know, for her birthday, I'm like, "Hold on, we'll go to Mexico." Wait, no, no effusive, overjoyed reaction. Wait a second, I'll have a surprise party. Wait, no effusive, overjoyed. Hold on, let me buy you a new car. Wait, nothing, zero, nothing. And she's happy. She's just Heidi happy. We're just like, thanks, babe. You know what I mean? It's just she's so, <laughs> right. she's so different and she's so yeah. hard to read that I'm like, are you happy? Are you not happy? Where's your head at? <laughs> like that song makes me nuts for years and it drives her crazy because she's just, that's not who she is. Yeah. And she's like, I just, I feel like I'm constantly having to like give you the response you want. But when you feel responsible for your partner's happiness, this is a big codependency thing. And again, this is an old pattern yeah. where you found value in being the caretaker in the household, your job in the family was to meet everybody else's needs. So, you know, I felt responsible for my brother. I felt responsible for my little sister, which is really odd too, because I even felt at times like I was protecting my mom and you know, it's it's kind of tough to understand because my mom is very, she's always like, I don't understand why you would have felt that way, sweetie. Like I'm a strong woman. I've always been able to take care of myself, but I guess I just, there were times early, early on when my father was so abusive to her and, you know, she hadn't found herself yet. She was 25, you know, when they, yeah. she's 66 now. So, of course, the 66-year-old PhD right. psychoanalyst, uh, a woman who's led an extremely examined life, well, that's a very different woman than a 25-year-old kid 
who was a bad got bad grades in high school and hadn't gone to college yet than the woman who became you know an A plus student graduating right. magna cum laude and became a doctor. So I still think that there's a part of me that remembers those times. Sure, of course you without would. a doubt. Yeah, and you know there's this that's where the Avenger came from, which I've talked about in some of our shows. Uh, but that need to please and protect still stays with me, and it it definitely comes from trying to fulfill that role that you took on mm-hmm. and you think that that's where your value lies. Like if I can make everyone happy, A, I'm in control because I hate to feel out of control and helpless and B, then I have value. Yeah. And I wonder what I would do, God, Janice, honestly, if I lost everything. And I know I've worried that the universe would do that just because I've gotten to a place where I'm like, hold on, I can buy it for you. You know, that's a problem that I've had for a really long time and it's something that I dealt with when I went to India. It's like, Anytime my mom would call me or she'd be stressed about something, I'd be like, well, mom, I'll just buy you it. And she's like, I don't want you to buy me things. I wish you'd understand that I'm just talking to you. Like one person to another person. If you could just sit, honey, and listen to me. <laughs> but I can't. I can't stand it. But I, you know what, Jillian? I don't, I don't can't believe that. Can't stand it. I, I, I think you're. No. Heidi was traveling with both kids the other day. And she was hysterical because they took the stroller. Right? Oh they wouldn't God. let her gate check the stroller. So she's like, I've got my bag and a diaper bag, a full kids, a car seat. And instead of just trying to like say, hey, honey, it's going to be okay. I, I get that you're feeling anxious. I was like, hold on. I'll call Autumn and I'll pay for a greeter to meet you at the gate. Like just immediately, you know, instead of just listening to the fact that she was feeling anxious. But I think you still did. But you, you helped take care of it at the other end. I mean, you see, you're a problem solver. You will solve the problem immediately. I've noticed that. I've noticed that on the road is you will solve a problem immediately instead of letting it fester. You just take care of like that's what I said to you and John Carlo. You guys do things so fast that like you guys oh. just take care of things. That's pro- I can't stand open issues. I can't stand it. It makes me hysterical. It feels like things I can't control. I hate to feel out of control because my whole childhood I felt so helpless. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know that just oh it it effed with me. And then I guess I, I would just simply say, if any of one any one of these things is going on, it's a red flag. So yes, it merits a discussion. We're not saying walk out the door. It merits a conversation, a discussion, a series of discussions, probably probably some couples therapy, and quite honestly, probably some counseling for you. Because I promise you, you are engaging in these dynamics because of a painful dynamic from your past, hands down. Oh man, it's just yeah. it's just. We're also not not that we're also. I'm not saying oh we're all so damaged, but man, well you're human. I tend to human. think about yeah. without these things, we would have no depth. We would have no wisdom. Yeah, we would have no empathy. You know our issues and our problems. That's our journey. Those are our life lessons, and it's what makes us who we are. Think about if you hadn't gone through certain struggles in your life, you wouldn't have certain aspects of empathy or depth or wisdom. That we do now. And I, you know, we talk a little bit during uh, the show about a contestant who had some struggles with his mother. Mm-hmm. And we're all that sad and it's imperfect and it's unfair and it was never fixable to the degree of bliss, obviously, mm-hmm. and most things are not in life. That dynamic with his mother might make him a better father and a better husband, yeah, husband down true. the road. No, you're absolutely so whenever right. Whenever I look at this stuff, I just know this is part of being human. This is what God has given me in this life and I'll do my best with it. I won't always do do great, but I'll do my best. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could you hear that'll bon- be five hundred dollars? That'll be five hundred dollars. And bonsai. <laughs> could you hear bonsai eating his her new toy? Yeah, it was in bonsai. the back of my ear. Bonsai is true. no, I didn't hear, but I don't have headphones on. My yeah. parrot has been with us every step of the way. Yeah. Yes, she's my got sweet her, angel. She's got her cup. There you go. All right. Oh, did she get her toy wrapped around yeah. there? Yeah, there you go. Hmm. All right. All, all is good in the world now. Okay. Bonsai's toy is fixed. <laughs> God, that bird has put on some weight. That bird, that parrot <laughs> looks like a quail. That is a... Is she? A Cornish game hen. That's <laughs> She's what she a looks Cornish like. game hen. Jeez. Well, because she eats whenever we eat. Her bedtime at home is 7 o'clock, but we all get in and have a meal, and Bonsai has a raspberry and a strawberry. Everybody comes on the bus, and Polly wants a cracker. Polly. And it's like, <laughs> poor thing is going to roll home. I know. Oh, my God. Did you see when she fell off my hat the other day? She couldn't get back. <laughs> <I know. laughs> poor poor thing. Bonsai. 
bonsai. You know, you that you can't let this out. You can't let the paparazzi see bonsai. I know it. They'll I say America's favorite trainer. You think we've got headlines now? <laughs> That's right. Michaels has That's morbidly a, obese bird. Morbidly obese parrot shows neglect, <laughs> calling the ASPCA and PETA hot on the trail. I gotta oh. slim you down, Bonds. Uh, yep. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back. Get her a little bird ladder or something. <laughs> It's Audible time. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio information, books, entertainment, you name it. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. With over 100,000 titles and virtually every genre, you will find what you're looking for. Right now, I am listening to A Discovery of Witches. I'm ashamed to admit it. I didn't read Twilight, but I am reading this, and I bet you'll enjoy it too. If you want to judge, judge. That's what I'm reading. And guess what? Audible is giving away to our listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day trial by signing up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash exercise. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot C-O-M slash E-X-E-R-C-I-S-E www.audiblepodcast.com slash exercise. So I just got home from being on tour and I can't tell you how many of you guys came up to me and told me how you've lost a ton of weight and you want to become a trainer. You're working on becoming a trainer and it's always tomorrow. Why not today? Why not right now? This is not complicated, guys. I got to tell you that becoming a professional trainer was one of the best decisions I've made in my life. It's allowing me to do what I love and make a great living at it. And it's simple. All you have to do is go to the National Academy of Sports Medicine and get certified. You can earn great money in a career that you will love. And I got to tell you, certified personal trainers are in high demand right now. And the National Academy of sports medicine will help make your dreams a reality by guaranteeing that you will land a job within 90 days of earning your certification or they're going to give you your money back. So get started with a free 14-day sneak peek of their fun, fast, easy online program. Simply go to usatrainer.com. Again, that's usatrainer.com. Check it out. Sign yourself up. usatrainer.com. What are you waiting for? All right, we're back with a have kind of a serious segment. That's all right. My last one was a little bit serious too. I know. I think. Huh. Well, what's you wrong know, with us? No, I think you know what it is. I I don't know what it is. I think it's just we're 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 coming out of a very thoughtful long. Don't this has been a long haul? The tour has been a long haul. Yeah. And and at night you go out and you yeah. you uh, you know make the people laugh and so yeah. now we're in here and it's and it's uh yeah quiet well more time. i don't know i feel like it, it's funny we had about 50 women at the show the other night who came from susan g komen oh right and yes. they were racing for the cure mm-hmm. and i cannot tell you how many friends i know of course that have been affected by breast cancer uh, ovarian cancer of course as well uh, one in three women are going to get this disease, which is really scary. Yep. And so much of this is related to our lifestyle, of course. Everybody knows that. Uh, but there's something I read the other day, and of course we say it all the time, but I just liked the way it was phrased. And it was, every time you put something in your mouth, you're either fighting disease or causing it. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're curing it or you're contributing to it. And that's just flat out so true. Yeah. And while, look, you can't always have the organic, perfect fruits and vegetables and ocean-caught salmon, the key is to really remove some of the more dangerous foods in your lifestyle that contribute to cancer. And by the way, they're now seeing... Uh, via studies that they're doing that after women are diagnosed with invasive breast cancer, the way that they're eating is having a dramatic effect on whether or not they recover, whether or not they get better. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, so I wanted to just go over some things that I want us all to be mindful of. I'm aware it's not October, but you can get breast cancer yeah. any day of the year. So, ladies, first thing, your weight is key. Being overweight can, uh, I'm sorry, being overweight can increase your chances of breast cancer by 30 to 60%. Oh, yeah. 30 to 60. Yeah. And here's why. While, of course, fat is nothing other than stored energy, there is no doubt about that, but our fat cells don't sit still. They're actually uh, little hormone creators, and they pump out extra estrogen. So, unfortunately, the more fat cells we have, the fuller these fat cells are, it's likely that you have that much more estrogen coursing through your body. And, of course, the more circulating estrogen you have, the higher your risk of breast cancer. You want to be a healthy weight, not just for skinny jeans. This is important. It's so funny to you because there's all this stuff about like, you know, that whole movement of I'm a plus size and I'm proud of it and this and that. Mm-hmm. Look, I, it's so critical that you love yourself right now, no matter where you're at. Because by the way, if you don't love yourself, then you're never able to improve any aspect of your life because you don't feel worthy or deserving of it. But I just cannot be politically correct and say it is okay to be 50 to 100 pounds overweight because I know it will kill you. I know it. Yeah. And that's and, just and not if okay. not breast cancer, something. Yeah. Heart disease, something number else. one killer yeah. of women. And that's why I just, I can't get behind it. And I think there's such a stigma tied up in obesity of like, well, we don't have to all be, you know, body image and beautiful at any size. And yes, beautiful at any size, inside and out, healthy, not so sure. Right. Not so sure. And I just yeah. think about things like James Gandolfini in his 50s with a newborn. That's the stuff I think about. Yeah. You know, I think about kids growing up without parents. That's what I think about. So that's the first thing we need to think about. The next thing, I know I've said this before, but I cannot reiterate it enough, alcohol. More than one drink a day will increase your risk by 11%. Wow. Every drink you have per day ups your risk by 11% actually to be exact. And this is because alcohol is estrogenic in the system. I have really, like, I don't know, dude. I came home from India and it's like, I don't drink. I know. It's, it's, I mean, I know people have been gone, you know, go out for the, the odd cocktail and the, you know, I haven't road, gone. You just haven't joined. I had two glasses of wine with a good friend in, uh, when we were in Massachusetts. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, Rhode Island. I'm sorry, uh, Rhode, Island. Rhode Island. Yeah, we were in Rhode Island and that's it. And the entire time I've been home. I've been over so, two months. Do you, do you, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't drank for almost 10 years now, so I don't, it's not part of my life anymore, but how are you feeling with that? Like, do you, once I got through missing it and the deprivation of not having it, it usually takes me a month to really assimilate with things like this. Like when I gave up soda. Now, was that physical or emotional? Both. Both. I think I craved more sugar. Yeah. Cause when we sure. were in India, I was drinking beer like it was water because I didn't trust the bottled water. Sure. Uh, but I think the emotional, like, oh, I want a glass of wine with my pasta or a beer with my burger. I like the taste of it. Um, but honestly, I would feel like crap. Even a, one drink would make me feel like crap. Lethargic, cloudy. I didn't like that feeling. Uh, and I just I realized when I came home, I wanted to be very lucid, mm-hmm. very sharp, very focused. And alcohol tends to make us numb. I know that's a terrible thing to say. I mean, if you can enjoy it in moderation, please, you know, by all means, every now and again, yeah, have your margarita or your glass of wine with a buddy. But right now I'm really enjoying like this tremendous clarity and I'm an estrogen dominant female and it scares me, scares me. I know that breast cancer is very probably in my future. It just scares me. I don't want to put it out there, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. And the more I can do to, you know, Sorry, that's a train you hear in the background. If you do hear it, because we're on a bus right now. Uh, the more I can do to inhibit my risk, I just think about my kids, man. I think about my kids. No, and it's interesting. It's interesting you use the word clarity. And, and I'm not going to, I know this isn't a segment about drinking, but you know, that's the one thing when people quit, having talked to a lot of people who have quit drinking, that's the one thing they say is they notice, they, they notice things, like things do, like they go, I didn't even know that tree was outside. And I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but, or the color of the tree, or... There's just things we just we're just sharper, yeah, much sharper, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. So anyway, yeah. I'm not trying to freak you out, but 
honestly, anything more than a drink a day is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Really dangerous with regard to your risk. Breast cancer risk. Yeah. Sugar, believe it or not. Now, with that said, sugar is not the devil. I've talked about this many times. But an overconsumption of sugar is dangerous. And here's why. Because if you down too much of it, it sends your insulin levels skyrocketing. And many studies have suggested that this encourages tumor growth. And if you think about it, of course it does. Cells are feeding off the sugar. Sure. What do they do? They take glucose in. That's what cells do. Cancer cells that have mutated. See, I don't really understand. That's what cancer is. It's the mutation of your own cells. Of course, your cells are going to feed off of the sugar and grow. So here's the suggestion. I always say don't allow 20% of your daily calories or or allow up to 20% of your daily calories to come from the sugar, the chips, the this, the that. Right. And that's a good ratio. But if your whole diet, and this is something else we talk about during the show, we talk about maintenance mode, right? Mm -hmm. So if your maintenance mode is 1,640 calories without exercise, but you go, oh, I'm going to have 1,640 calories of crap, well, it doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. Right. It doesn't mean you won't be, quote, skinny fat. Yeah. So do not overconsume the sugar. That means, like, it's not sugar cereal for lunch and brownies for a snack and glass of wine and you know a pie for dinner the shakes or whatever you know the, the can you feel it in your body like can you feel when you've ha- done too much does your does do you physically feel something funny in your body i can't eat straight sugar like the little candies and things like you know gummy bears stuff right. like that i can't eat that stuff i get a massive headache but if there's sugar that has fat like a chocolate bar has fat in it Ice cream has fat in it. And so what it does is it slows down how quickly that sugar is being released in the bloodstream because of the fat with the sugar. Otherwise, I get a pounding headache. Pounding. Gotcha. Uh, Another thing to avoid, non-organic high-fat dairy Mm. and red meat. So, of course, the fats in these products are different than the fat in grass-fed animals. Different quality of fat. Uh, And in addition... Of course, the hormones, studies have shown that they make the cancer grow. So dangerous, dangerous. And, of course, these are the things that you want to consume more of, which is pretty obvious. But let's go over it just because. Red and orange produce. So carrots, cantaloupe, tomatoes. And this is because they're rich in carotenoids and antioxidants that, of course, fight the disease. And people who ate these things are 20% less likely to get breast cancer than those who didn't eat as much. Tomatoes, carrots, and cantaloupe. Yeah, orange. orange. Red peppers, yeah. things like that. Orange and red. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, bro- bro- sorry. Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower. So basically cruciferous vegetables. Remember to cook these. Not overly cooked, but cook them lightly because if you don't, then they can be goitrogenic, which is bad for your thyroid. So cook them. And they're easier to digest. When you don't cook these foods and you consume them raw, they will wreak havoc on your digestive tract because we can't break down the plant fiber. Hence that, like, I want, I want. Yeah, That's what you've been that doing was on the, the bus. worst sound <laughs> I have Every ever night. heard. I wonder if Demi Moore is still on the raw. I don't remember know. she was like a big advocate for the raw, and I don't know. I don't know. She's a little bit gone, kind of crazy shorts. Anyway, look at me. I'm using. She your looks turn. good though. As you were saying that, I was like, is she? <laughs> oh. There's a few of those women out there that are like, death becomes her. They do not age. It's unbelievable. Jennifer I, Aniston. Yeah. Halle Berry. I know, Demi I Moore. Fantastic. Where you're just like, who, what, what devil did you make a deal with? <laughs> are you eating like live babies at night whole to look like that? In your 50s? What's happening? Jeez. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock looks great. 50 years old. I was hoping to see Sandra Bullock when we were in Austin, Texas. I was hoping I would just run into her on the street and I'd go, hey, Sandy. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. But I didn't. Anyway, sorry. Shame on you. Well, I like Sandy Bullock. I've met her before. Have you? I have. At the Today Show, I met her once. Oh, really? And then, of course, I was hosting the Golden Globes or like guest hosting for Access Hollywood. And she was there a few days later. And it was when she was up against Meryl Streep. Oh, uh, in the movie. The 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 blind side. The The blind side. Yes. And I was like, hey, Sandra, hey, girl. And she was like, who are you again? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. She did not. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that happened. Okay, so cruciferous vegetables, because they have compounds that quell inflammation, 
inflammation and suppress and starve cancer cell growth. Okay. Uh, and of course, last but not least, foods that are rich in omega-3, which is an anti-inflammatory fat, heart-healthy fat. We've talked about this. So things like ocean-caught salmon, not farmed. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah, Jan, it's pretty heavy today. You know, I'm going to... something funny. I'm going to... No, I'm, I'm going to be curious to find... I mean, I know I'm never going to know dance. because I'm in my 50s, and by the time the research is done, I will be long gone. Oh. Hopefully, coming back as maybe a goat. A goat? I'd Why? like to return as a goat, an animal of some kind, so I can... Like so a billy can... goat. Why? Because then I can roam up in the mountains. Not a goat that someone will, will take my teats and milk me all the time. I don't want to be milked. Oh. I want to be a roaming billy goat somewhere. Why? Just so I can be free. But you can be have free big horns. And then when I get mad, I can just conk somebody with my horns. Here's That's... what you should do. Go for a hike with a baseball bat. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you're free. And if you get mad, you can whack somebody. I could whack somebody. Yeah. Wait, I'm making a point. I hear about research, though. Really, oh, truly, oh. I was. What about that? That mm-hmm. okay? We know our like my there's my mother's age of women, which were in the ninety, and and what happened to them? Kind of the the health thing that happened. Then there's your mother's age of women. What's going to happen to them? And then, then there's then there's manis. Then there's my age of women. Then there's your age of women, and how trying to change our diets kind of midway through this century or whatever we're in, you know, like trying to go organic. Well, what will the results be? Like, what will the yeah. results be? We won't really know. Are we going to end up? I don't well, know. If you think it's about it, your grandmother, how late did, how long did she live? A uh, 93. That's pretty old. Yes. Yeah. And my mom's grandmother lived to be 104. <gasps> what was their food? Organic. Your grandma, your my mom's gra- grandmother, my great grandmother, 104. Yeah, but my grandmother, of course, smoked. And died of lung cancer at 66. So her daughter oh. and her mo- the mom and the daughter died the exact same year. Oh, you're kidding. Mm-mm. No. No. But there's something you're right. What was in, like, and my grandfather lived, like, till 97. Like, what? If it was organic, dude. There were no I hormones sup- in the milk. There were no fake fats, no fake sugars, no fake nothing. No artificial colors, artificial flavors. But their lives were harder, though. Like, these are people that lived but through dude, hardship. But, dude, they weren't eating and drinking and breathing poison and slathering it on their skin all yeah, day true. long. The $50 beauty cream that you splurge on is loaded with poison, and your skin is transdermal. The water we drink, the air we breathe, the food we eat, and that's why it's just... The more you can be mindful and the more you can start to remove these yeah. things. You can't do it all the time, but the more you can, you dramatically increase your chances. Yeah. No, it's true. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to being a billy goat in the year 2040, maybe. I don't know when I'm going to come back. You know, I might come back right away and haunt you. Right? Because right. I'm going to go away before you are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're sort of like what? Like, like one of those creatures that survives an apocalypse. <laughs> I can see that about you. Can you Besides, imagine? only the good die young, so you definitely going to be here a while. That's I'm going to be around for a long time. <laughs> Thank you for that. No problem. Ooh, okay, we got to take a little breather, turn on the air conditioning in this bus for a second, and then we'll be right back. Okay. It's BlueApron.com time. What am I talking about? Okay, check this out. BlueApron.com is a delivery service. And what they do is deliver ingredients for recipes that you choose directly to your door. So you get all the healthy advantages by preparing your food at home. And here are the benefits. You don't have to go to the supermarket and waste your time and end up buying a bunch of stuff that you don't need or have to buy three chicken breasts just to make enough food for one person They give you the exact right amount of ingredients for any recipe on the website that you want. It's calorie controlled and portion controlled, of course, which are the same thing. You should know that as my listeners. It's easy to prepare. All you got to do is go to blueapron.com slash Jillian, and you can get three meals per week for two people starting at $9.99 per person with free shipping. Blue Apron is a subscription service, but there's no commitment. You can cancel anytime that you want to. You just go to blueapron.com slash Jillian 
brilliant and it's great for families, people on the go, couples who want a healthier lifestyle, but it's very, very convenient, which is what I love so much about it. Again, check it out today, blueapron.com slash Jillian. Okay, we're back and we have time for a quick question. And actually, this was something that was asked the other night at the show, which was a really interesting question. It was um, two women got up. I think it was mom and, woman, mom and daughter. And they talked about how um, they're, they do great all day, disciplined yeah. all day. Oh, they yeah. work out regularly. They can manage their food all day. But between four and six, they cannot handle the crepe. Like it just consumes them the cravings yeah well okay first of all here's what's happening in a lot of these instances when we say we do great all day it generally means we've had air souffle and a bit of dust and a stem of broccoli and so of course well it means you've usually been saying yeah so good a hard-boiled egg is a snack right (laughs) you know and and like a scrambled egg whites for breakfast things like that and The first thing I would say is, okay, let's make sure that you're distributing your calories evenly throughout your meals. Because when you say I've been good all day, it usually means you've eaten, let's say, a third of your calories all day. And left and you're it up feeling until dinner. Good. Oh, I well, see. Well, you think you're doing good, but you're starving when dinner comes around. And then you overeat or it's uncontrollable because you haven't had... You haven't had a breakfast or a big breakfast. You haven't had a nice lunch. You probably had a fleck of broccoli for a snack. And now you're at dinner going, oh, my God, I'm unraveling. Or it's that, you know, crash in the afternoon. So first, Which is true. There is such a thing as a oh, crash yeah. in the afternoon, Hence right? Hence the reason that uh, Europeans take a siesta. Yes. Right. We, of course, in America just have more caffeine. <laughs> but... <laughs> There is something to that. The best thing we can do, though, is eat evenly throughout the day. If anything, front load your food. But we tend to do it backwards. We go, I've been so good all day, and then we gorge at night because we're overly hungry. Right. So if anything, it's eat like a king in the morning and a pauper at night, or at the very least, just distribute your calories evenly. 400 for breakfast, depending upon what your calorie allowance is. Let's say say you're doing 1,600 because you're dieting. It's 400 for breakfast, 400 for lunch, uh... 400 for a snack, which is a lot for a snack. I generally would do like, let's say two to 250 for a snack and five for dinner. Something if you're eating around that. Um, Another thing is eat every three to four hours. So if you're like, oh, I've been so good, but you're going, okay, breakfast, three to four hours later, lunch. Well, if lunch is at one and dinner's at seven, that's six hours later. Yeah. So every three to four hours, breakfast or lunch, I'm sorry, breakfast, then lunch, then snack, then dinner. Because it helps stabilize your blood sugar. Also, listen to your body. So if you're consuming foods with more fat and more protein, and this makes you feel fuller for longer, then this means that you digest your food very quickly, and you need foods that are heavier and break down more slowly. If you have fat and protein and you feel lethargic and tired, it means you digest your food more slowly, and foods that break down more slowly are going to leave you feeling lethargic, and you're going to go back for food to get some sugar for energy. If you're somebody, of course, who does break that food down slowly, you want more carbohydrates. Yeah, that that's, I listen to your body and how it feels when on you certain s- foods. You said that to 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 the woman was about uh, bumping up your carbs, which which makes sense, you know. If if but if they're good carbs, you're right. If they're not chips and crap. Right? Well, the idea is okay. So, for example, let's say you go, well, God, I had a cheese stick. And ate almonds and I still felt like I could barely move. A lot of women feel really sluggish on Mm -hmm. low-carb diets because they tend to break down their food at a slower pace. And if you eat food that converts to energy slowly and you already break food down into energy slowly based on your biochemistry, then you're going to feel lethargic. And you're going to be a person that needs like an apple and a piece of cheese. Something that breaks down a little more quickly. So listen to your body and how it's responding energetically speaking to certain foods. And start incorporating a higher percentage of either complex carbohydrates or healthy for healthy fats and proteins. Just listen to how your body responds to these things. And that'll help with the cravings between four and And by six. the way, remember, 20% of your daily calories can be cravings. If you want to have a candy bar, just make it a better for you option. Like Unreal, for example, is a great option. Can I, can I tell our, our audience how I tried to help the ladies when we got asked this question? Well, I was helping. Well, the ladies oh. were looking oh. at you like they wanted more information, so I thought I would help. 
Yeah. Jillian doesn't want me to tell you, but I suggested to the gals oh, while they were standing there, and oh, I God. forgot that there was a, uh, another couple of thousand people in the audience. Mm. But I just simply suggested that, that they, okay, they, that they should, that they should. Po- should I? Can I say the M word? I think that's. Oh, we have. Oh, we might have younger listeners. I suggested to the to them that maybe they should have that little quiet time in in the middle of the afternoon, and that would help with the cravings. And what I mean by quiet time is, you know, the quiet time. I love. I shouldn't say. Maybe we should stop the pot. Anyway, uh, people were kind of surprised by that. You think? And Jillian, Jillian thought she might have to leave the auditorium. <laughs> yes. I wanted to. <laughs> so badly. I was helping. I'm here to help you. That's what I'm... You brought me on the tour to help. And I was just helping. <sighs> I didn't realize it would quite get the reaction. Mm-hmm. Because it was just something that I often do. Oh, when God, I'm, no. No. You want to talk about that? No, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay. Oh. And don't forget to check out Blue Apron subscription service with no commitment. You can cancel anytime you want. Go to blueapron.com slash Jillian. It's great for you, great for families, great for couples, people on the go who want a healthier alternative to take out. Blueapron.com slash Jillian has you covered. like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger schleichinger i've been friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>